Maintaining their republic is a balancing act. This doesn't mean the scales never tip in one direction. America has experienced the tipping of the scales on countless occasions. Our republic, however, maintains its balance for one reason. You. That is the opening paragraph of a new article on the Epic Times called How the Founding Fathers Continue to Save the Republic. I'm not sure where the rest of you are at in your thinking about what's going on in this country of ours, but I think unless you've got 12 pounds of brain damage, we can all agree that things are a little off. All these mandates, all these regulations and rules about COVID and masking and vaccines and all of this, it seems like to me, and I'm sure to a lot of you, that this is an incredible overreach, a grab, a power grab. If you don't think so, read any newspaper. Look at almost any, quote, mainstream media platform and see how they're peddling this. If it's not more conservative or right-of-center platforms such as the Epic Times or Newsmax, places like this, it is all doom and gloom about how American citizens are acting irresponsibly. We are not wearing masks. We are not getting vaccinated. You are endangering the lives of the people around you. But we're also told that the vaccines are so effective that everybody should get them. While that's happening, the vaccinated in some states are still being asked to wear masks and then get booster shots. Ladies and gentlemen, this is insanity. And if you don't think so, you need to go get your head checked. I'm very serious about that. If you don't think there's something wrong in this country with how our federal government is reaching into all of our lives, you need to go get your head examined. This is a big deal. I've spoken before about how easy it is to be duped and led down a path that you thought was going to lead you to some type of epiphany, a better understanding of a certain topic or a situation. And I still firmly believe that those pathways exist. Those roads exist. But we've got to be very careful about who we allow as individuals, who we allow to lead us down that path, especially if it's dimly lit. And by dimly lit, I mean if you don't know a lot about the subject or the circumstances and you're flying blind, or in this case, walking blind, be cautious and cognizant of that. But pay just as much attention to the person that's leading you down that path. If you don't know them very well, be leery. If you don't feel that you can trust them, be leery. If they are not the kind of person that you could call when things got real or went off the rails, be mindful of that. This goes for our government officials as well. 
So I'm going to ask you one very basic and simple question. Do you trust the leaders or the management, in you, if you will, in the federal government? All the way up to the White House. Do you trust President Biden or VP Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer? Do you trust anybody in the media, the mainstream, Anderson Cooper, Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, I think her name is, Don Lemon? Do you trust any of these people? And if not, why not? You know, it's come to my attention that a lot of people are getting pushback when they try to have conversations like this with people in their own lives. Friends and family. We're getting ready. We're heading into the holidays right now, folks, you know. And we're trying to understand better about how all this is going to work. Are, are you going to have any difficulty traveling, you know, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, things like this? One thing's for sure. You can guarantee at least for right now, that you'll be wearing a mask on the plane. I've got some travel coming up myself here before too long. I'm not excited about it, but I need to find a way to make my peace with that until we're able to find a way to move beyond the need, the necessity for these masks. Our lives can't stop. And I'm not saying you shouldn't fight. In fact, you should. I truly believe you should. But in the meantime, if wearing a masks, excuse me, if wearing a masks, Jesus, a mask, gets these people off your back for a second so you can continue on with your life, fine. It's an incredible and disgusting reach into our lives the moment that we are told that we need to put safety before freedom and liberty we've entered a very dangerous area a very dangerous area and you can disagree with me on that I don't much care you can kiss my ass it's 100% true the moment that we start being told by our loving government that we need to put safety and security before our freedoms and liberties, we've entered a very dangerous area. Very dangerous. You know, going along with some of the conversations that are being had right now about the mainstream media, I told you guys uh, on a show a while back, trying to remember when it was I could probably tell you based on the copyright date of this book because I, I bought it as soon as it came out so this would have been last year probably late last year the book's author is named Cheryl Atkinson and um, the name of the book is called slanted how the news media taught us to love censorship and hate journalism she had a, a book before this called The Smear, which I also read, and it was it was a terrific read, um, similar topic. But she makes some really interesting points in this book. 
she actually opens on, you know, on the sleeve of the book. She opens with this, quote, Virtually every piece of information you get through the media has been massaged, shaped, curated, and manipulated before it reaches you. Some of it is censored entirely. The news can no longer be counted on to reflect all the facts. Instead of telling us what happened yesterday, the media tells us what's new in the prepackaged soap opera they've been calling The News. Most frightening of all, a broad campaign in the media has convinced many Americans not only to accept, but to, to demand censorship over journalism. It's a stroke of genius on the part of those seeking to influence public opinion. Undermine public confidence in the news, then insist upon curating information and divining the truth. All the thinking is done for you. They'll decide which pesky facts should cross your desk by declaring them false, irrelevant, debunked, unsafe, or out of bounds. We have reached a state of utter absurdity where journalism schools teach students that their own personal truth or chosen narratives matter more than reality. This is just insanity. If you haven't had a chance to read it, I highly recommend you do. The book is called Slanted by Cheryl Ackeson. Um, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. You know, ladies and gentlemen, at some point you are going to start doing your own thinking. And you're going to realize that you've been taken for a ride. I know that when I realized it a few years back, I, I, I... for sure, had cognitive dissonance. I I didn't want to believe what I was feeling. I'm not kidding about that. I don't want to believe what I was feeling. I don't want to believe what I was seeing and hearing when I put some of these situations through my own filter and looked at them for what they really are. You know, people ask me all the time, you know, Caleb, with the advent of television and streaming services and the internet, why do you read books? Why do you read so much? Well, it's multifold, really. But chief answers among them being, you can take your own time with a book. It's not being forced through your eyeballs into your brain. Like a television show or a movie, things like this, they go at their own speed, which is fine. That's what they're designed to do. There was a certain amount of time to get a story or an idea or a concept loaded into your mind before you move on to the next one. With a book, you can be reading a certain section, a paragraph, a chapter, and when something hits you, you can close the book. Now, you can do that with television, too. You can hit pause. But if you're at a movie theater or at a watch party of some kind, That isn't always possible. So when you sit down, as they say, with a good book, and you're really enjoying it, whether it's a fictional story or you're learning about something new, there's a different level of acceptance. There's a different level of that information, how that information goes in, and how you create the environment in your mind. You can go to the movies or watch a television show and that 
producer, director, film company, they create the landscape for you. So you don't have to use your imagination. In a book, it's the complete opposite. Whether you're reading something political, nonfiction, or something uh, literature, classic, fiction, you create the landscape. You're creating the ecosystem of where these conversations are taking place, what you think the people are wearing, the body language those people are using, all these things. You are creating that in your mind unless they're given to you somewhere in the reading. One of the interesting things I've learned as well is talk radio and how it it is so far removed from the information and how it's delivered by the mainstream media. It's, it's almost laughable. I'm very serious about this. <clears throat> you listen to talk radio or podcasts even, and it doesn't really matter which side of the aisle you tip towards, right? You listen to talk radio or you listen to podcasts. It's a different vibe sometimes. A lot of times there's the same talking points. People are trying to make the same points. And I understand all that. But every now and then you get this. Almost like nostalgic vibe. And I say that because not a lot of people listen to talk radio in the newer generation. I don't think. And if I'm wrong about that, I'll apologize and retract. But the people that I talk to, I'm 39. The majority of people I talk to that are my age or younger do not listen to talk radio. If they are, you know, early 40s and up, that number is exponentially higher in terms of how many of them listen to talk radio. We've forgotten, I think, how simple life can be sometimes and how beautiful that simplicity can be, especially with the chaos and the nonsense that we've been experiencing, especially for about the last two years. And if you want to include, you know, people that were getting creased over their, the fact that Donald Trump became president of the United States, it goes back even further. You know, back to 2016 when people were pulling their hair out, losing their minds. I may have mentioned this as well. I was in Germany when I learned that President Trump had beaten Hillary Clinton in the election. I couldn't believe it. And that's coming from conservative, classic liberal, someone like me. I didn't believe it. I walked, I was staying at an Airbnb with a colleague from the Philippines. And I walk out of the bedroom. So again, this was in Germany. This, I don't know, must have been 6.30. Going on 7 o'clock in the morning over there. And I walk out into the living room area. And he's sitting there in a pair of shorts, a t-shirt, and he's staring at the television like he's under some type of trance. 
And I'm looking at him going, dude, are you okay? Is everything all right? And he just looks at me. And he's shaking his head. I'm like, what in the hell's going on? So I make the corner and see that Donald Trump had won the election. I, we both went to bed thinking Hillary had it locked up. That there was no way the establishment was going to let Trump into the White House. So when I made that corner and I see that he had won, I could hardly believe it. And as the next couple of days unpacked, and I'm sitting in front of my laptop, either there at the office or back at the B&B, catching up before I shut it down for the night, and watching all of these pundits. And it wasn't just on the left. There were people on the right as well losing their minds. Completely losing their minds. Because people thought that Donald Trump was going to be some type of dangerous, murderous dictator. And as it turns out, he was the exact opposite. And all of you folks out there claiming you know, racism, sexism, uh, he's a masochist, he's a misogynist, he's a bigot, all these things. You need to take a better self-inventory of your thoughts. You're right when you say that the man had no bedside manner. He had none. Did he need to be getting on Twitter and social media? Making things worse? No, he didn't. He talked way too much. I will give you that. But if you try to look me in the eye and say that he didn't have the best interests for this country in mind, you're deluded. He didn't go about it in a very PR-ish kind of way. He did not. But everything that he did was for the betterment of this country. And if you really think about this, as a businessman, what reason would he have to drive the country into the ground or make it less united as a society and as a country when he has all of these business ventures going on inside the United States? Wouldn't he want to improve the situation? Not only for himself, but for everyone. To make it easier to start an LLC. To make it easier to hire people. To make it as simple and easy as possible for those that want to come to this country legally. To be able to do so and to be able to bring their families and live and work here. Immigration, immigration, that's not a new thing. The rules and regulations we have for that process alone, that's nothing new. It's nothing new at all. But you've got people on the left side of the aisle screaming foul. For what? Because you didn't like the way he talked? Because he had a mouth? He's a gangster from New York, a businessman from New York. What did you expect? What did you think we were going to get? He just happens to be a Republican. That's why so many of you hate him. It's weak-minded thinking. But you'll get over it. 
And I'd really like to get some of your opinions that did vote for Grandpa Joe Biden about how you think he's doing right now. We're not even a year in, folks. We're not even a year in. How do you think he's doing? Is he doing a good job? The man can barely formulate a sentence. He needs to be home with his family. My concern, and this is speaking as someone that wants the country to succeed regardless of who's in office. I might not agree. In fact, I don't agree with any of President Biden's policies. His little rule book that he carries around. These regulations, these mandates, I don't agree with any of it, but I want the country to be successful. And because of that, I don't want to see this man die in office. This job could very easily kill him. Look how far down the road he's gone just since he's been in office. He can barely hold a thought, ladies and gentlemen. He can barely speak. And we're just supposed to ignore this fact? Where's Kamala Harris on this? Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Where's she at? She doesn't get in front of a camera and say, yep, you know what? We're a little concerned. Because you can't say those things about the president. Because if you do, you'll be stripped of your title. And you're finished in politics. You know why? Because it's show business. Something else that people don't like to talk about. Show me how federal government politics are any different than what goes on in Hollywood. Apart from the fact that these psychopaths are able to pass laws. And Hollywood actors, actresses, and the film companies cannot. They lobby the government for certain passes and certificates and abilities and all these things. Happens every single day. If you don't think so, you're deluded. I talked about it on one of the video segments I did yesterday. That I've obviously uh, actually yet to post. I'm still doing some editing on it. It's the same when you go online and find that people are being trolled by complete strangers just popping off at the mouth with a bunch of nonsense. If you don't think that some of these people are being paid to troll other people's pages, again, you're deluded. There is an entire industry of people who are paid to be trolls both on the political side and the non-political side just to spark debate piss people off create conflict these people are being paid to create conflict on a person's twitter Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook page. They're paid to do it. And if you don't believe me, go look it up for yourself. There's actual companies that pay people to do these things. 
you know, back to this article from the Epic Times, which is a great, great article, by the way, um, called How the Founding Fathers Continue to Save the Republic. The writer, Mr. Dustin Bass, make sure we give him the credit for this, goes on to say, quote, You were precisely the person the Founding Fathers were thinking about when they met in Philadelphia in the summer of 1787. If you look through our history, from George Washington onward, you will notice the to and fro between parties. It happened even as early as our second president, John Adams, who was rather soundly defeated by Thomas Jefferson after just one term. The people did not approve. When the architects of the Republic deliberated on the construction of what would hold her together, i.e. the Constitution, they understood that you couldn't be trusted, but also that you could be trusted. They possessed a healthy distrust for their fellow man, past, present, and future. Does anybody disagree with that? I sure as hell don't. Goes on, if you were to read the Federalist Papers or James Madison's Notes of Debates in the Federal Convention of 1787, you would quickly gather the many historical moments from which they pulled the Athenian democracy, the Roman, the Roman Republic, the German Confederation, the Polish Diet, and of course, Great Britain's monarchy and parliamentary system. They referenced numerous figures such as Socrates, Cicero, Charles II, and Montesquieu. They identified both what worked and what didn't work in each governmental system. They identified the noble and the villainous. All of them had something in common. They were people. You know, the further down the road we get, as it pertains to this republic, because please make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, Although democracy is an aspect of this American experience and it's it makes up a portion of its template, of its foundation, but we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic and anyone that tells you different is either stupid or they're lying to you. This country was founded by way of a national charter as a constitutional republic. There are certain democratic aspects to this republic, but it does not change the fact that by way of national charter, we are a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. The Founding Fathers were very careful to make sure that that's what we were, a republic. I don't know why this is so difficult for so many people to wrap their arms or their head around, apart from the fact that they're being fed, in, in many cases, a line of bullshit from the mainstream media from their high schools, from their colleges, their professors, their colleagues. If you do just a little bit of reading and you look to the way you're feeling about 
what you're seeing in the news and in the world today, you can't tell me, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that you don't think something just feels off. Something doesn't feel quite right. You know, the fathers understood that if the new form of government was to have uh, any hope of eventual and inevitable self-correction, it would have to come from us. It'd have to come from the people. We've been laying down too long, ladies and gentlemen, taking it on the chin. Now, you can go back and you can read great books like The Republic by Plato. Um, Democracy in America by Alexis de Tocqueville. Careful with the the title again. Read the book before you jump to conclusions. It's a really terrific read. Books on the media like Slanted and Smear by Cheryl Atkinson. Old school books about perception and context and you know truth being absolute or relative. Books like Closing of the American Mind by Alan Bloom. Another great, great read. I'm rereading that one as we speak. And intersperse some philosophy in there. Read a little Emerson. Read some Thoreau. But also pay attention to how you feel when you read or see a certain thing. If there's an alarm going off inside you calling bullshit, pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. There's another writer, his name is Hugh Prather, and he wrote a book called Notes to Myself, My Struggle to Become a Person. And it's just, it's a bunch of little micro insertions about his experiences growing up, becoming a man, trying to figure out who he is, who he wants to be. There's actually a really great one. I think it's this one right here. If not, I'll see if I can't find another one. But yeah, the the book itself is called Notes to Myself, My Struggle to Become a Person. He says, I constrict my vision and I disregard my options when I pursue. I cannot receive from the unknown when I grasp. Nothing exists for me until I see it. There is little I can do about my feelings, but honesty removes the edge of pain from my wants. And awareness shows me that, miraculously, the universe continues to function without my worry. There are so many different avenues we can explore when it comes to understanding who we are, where we come from, who we're trying to be, and how we're going to get there. The thing I find the most curious is that some of these folks in government, and even in just the tech world, have gotten so good at keeping us fighting with each other It's almost become a professional sport to see which 
wing of government, which tech company, which this, which that, which social justice group, which this, 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 can keep the people the most pissed off at each other. It's become a competition, in my view. And it's disgusting. We can't keep doing the same things that we've been doing. Nothing will ever change. Nothing will ever change. The more we can continue to dialogue, the easier it will be for us to come up with some type of a solution. As a country, and I say that because I'm not entirely sure the powers that be, our federal government, truly want the best for us instead of doing what they think is necessary to facilitate their agenda, whatever that might be. And I don't want this to get dark. We have a great opportunity to flip the script and remind these people who we are. We're Americans. We are American citizens. We've fought, bled, and died for these freedoms and liberties. And the strong among us will continue to do so regardless of how much these, quote, bad guys decide to push back. They're bullies, ladies and gentlemen. That's all. They're just bullies. And when we can get behind that and we can understand that, then we can understand how to beat them. At their own game, as it were. And hopefully do so without too much physical violence. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. If things don't change and these power brokers continue to encroach on our lives, you will see that. You will see people throwing hands in the street. You're seeing all of these massive protests, places like New York. It's here now, ladies and gentlemen. And we need to accept that. And decide as a country who we want to be. I don't think there's any one right way. I think there's several variations that we could use or try out to right the ship. To get us back on course. Course meaning allowing people to be exactly who they feel they need to be. As long as they are not physically abusing another person, physically abusing themselves, meaning that if we can help, we should. I don't think people should be forced to volunteer their time or forced to donate their money or forced to give up certain things that they earned through their labors. Do I wish people could be a little bit more generous? Yes, I do. Do I wish that some of these multimillionaires and billionaires would come off that pocketbook and help some people out? Yes, I do. But I don't think it's right to force them. They earned that money. 
hopefully they did so legally, they have the right to choose what they want to do with it. But do I wish they were there were some more charitable people in the world? Yes, I do. I just don't think you should be forcing charity. That's called socialism and gets dangerously close to communism. Take some time heading into this holiday season as we get closer to Thanksgiving. Take some time this season and do some reflecting. Find yourself a couple of really good books, maybe some good documentaries to watch. Something educational, not just mindless, you know, pulp paperbacks or mindless television shows or movies on streaming services. Find something with a little depth. Find something that makes you a little uncomfortable and study it. If you're a conservative, do some studying into liberalism and progressivism. If you're a liberal, do some studying into the the world and, and dynamics of conservatism or classic liberalism. Don't inundate yourself with things that keep you in a, in a tense and uh, fist-balling state. But yes, get out of your comfort zone. Study some things that make you uncomfortable. And when you're done, look to how you're feeling about it. Do you understand the situation or the process any better? Are you about the same or are you even more confused? Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a blink. Before you know it, you will be lying in a hospital bed or in your own bed at your home saying goodbye to your family because your time has come. What I've been trying to do lately is do the best I can to have as few regrets as possible. I've made some mistakes in my life. I've made some mistakes recently in my life. Nothing huge, but enough of them to look back and go, if I can help somebody prevent themselves from walking into a situation like that, I'm going to. If I see that someone is trying to go into a relationship that deep down they know is not going to work because they are not either physically attracted to the person, they're not stimulated intellectually by the person, or they just rush into a relationship because they don't want to be alone. I'm going to do the best I can to stop them because I've made mistakes like that. And I shouldn't have. It's not right for me, and it's certainly not right for the other person. It's not fair to either of us. I don't want any of you to wake up 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now 
and have to die with those regrets. Do you understand? I'm going to be 40 years old beginning of next year. I'm getting ready to start a new chapter in my working life, starting all over, as it were, in a, in a, in a brand new career of some kind. Not 100% sure what it's going to be, but I've made the decision. It's, it's time to start over. Start fresh. And I imagine I'll learn a lot. I'm going to meet some interesting people along the way that are both helpful and not so much. (laughs) I'm going to read as much as I can. I'm going to write as much as I can. I'm going to continue to do what I can with this podcast at The Atypical Man. The TikTok page at The Atypical Man. Um, Even over there at... uh, Grandpa Mark's Facebook page or Meta, whatever the hell he's getting ready to call it. I still use that medium to a certain degree. And all six people that follow me over there, I appreciate you. (laughs) A lot uh, larger audience over there at TikTok. Uh, It's an amazing opportunity to put out some content. It's a little restrictive. Um, When I gather, about three minutes is all you get uh, on the high side. But... It's fun, it's, it's, it's entertaining, it can be educational. I mean, there's just all kinds of fun stuff over there. If you haven't checked out TikTok, you really should. Do not, under any circumstances, let yourself shuffle off this earth without having done everything you could to experience the greatest aspects of the human condition. You want to try starting a business? Do it. Find a way to do it. You want to paint? You want to write? You want to act? Do it. Do it. Do it. You want to get into real estate? You want to open an Airbnb? You want to open a a maintenance shop of some kind? Do it. Find a way to do it. Start researching today how to do it. Learn how to empower yourself because I promise you folks, the more we do this, the less we will have to rely on the government. And as they start to see this, and these things become self-evident, and they see that we're taking care of ourselves just fine, you're getting in the way, Uncle Sam, Mr. Government Man. Now you're in the way. Now you're impeding my ability to live a truly free and independent life. You need to get out of my way. Or I will make sure that I physically remove you from my situation. I will get you out of my way. So decide. Go back to your office and leave us the hell alone. We'll call you if we need anything. Few regrets as possible. Few regrets as possible. As I said, you can find me right here at the Atypical Man podcast, available on Apple and Spotify, as well as the Atypical Man TikTok page, the Atypical Man Facebook page. This has truly been a pleasure. 
an opportunity to communicate with some of you that were once strangers that commented on a video, sent me a direct message. It's been a pleasure. I hope that we can continue to do this. Keep the dialogue going so that we can keep ourselves out of the street and throwing hands with each other. Does that make sense? I hope so. With that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful day today. Stay vigilant. Stay safe. And if you get a wild hair up your ass, come back around and throw us a comment. Share the content with your friends and family if it's of interest to you to do so. And we do welcome comments. I appreciate you listening. You guys take care of yourselves. Until next time. My name is Caleb. And you've been listening to The Atypical Man.